We just started on a wonderful note because I see that we need to step up what we do. We need to hold it down because we don't want to come back to the same battle. I thank everybody for, for dialing in today to be part of the show. It's going to be an awesome interactive session. We're going to have a perspective from all across different parts of the African diaspora content uh, of the, both in Africa, in America, in the Caribbean, and everywhere. I have my wonderful co-host, a perfect designer that made me a wonderful flyer, and I can't even resist this flyer. Thank you, Ms. Johnson. How are you doing today, Ms. Johnson? How are you doing right. today, Ms. Johnson? Can you hear me? Very well. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy to be on, back on on Sunday co-hosting this conversation, Handshakes Across the Atlantic. I'm super excited with uh, the people that we have on already. I can't wait to get into it. How are you? Good, good, good. Thanks for the wonderful flyer. Uh, the system wants a copy of that flyer by email. I told them I did not do it, but I take credit for being part of it. So thank you for that. Uh, no see, yes, uh, today is an awesome show because uh, America has changed and America changing has changed the world. And uh, this is a call for action from Africa and the African leadership at this point because it's time for Africa to prepare to receive his children that have been on the sojourn that has gone through a whole lot for the past 400 years. So we're going to have an awesome show. And this brings me to another perspective because in the last show last week, you did mention the need to actually prepare for what could actually be coming up at us as people of African descent in America, where everybody's now going for their guns and training your young kids to learn how to shoot. So a whole lot is falling in place. It wasn't just about your thinking being at the receiving end at all times. The world has changed in so many ways. We can see the toppling of statutes all over America. It's very interesting to know that the statutes are dropping every day. And this is something that probably could have been unanticipated a few months ago. It's even challenging the fabric of Christianity, as a matter of fact, because we are now coming to the realization of doing a whole lot of more history to realize that all was on play in place to make us see the supremacy of the white gender or the white folks. Today, all that is crumbling right on our faces and it's come crumbling in at a pace that nobody actually anticipated. So a whole lot is going on. We can see the politics taking a whole different turn. Trump with all his confidence of going back majestically to the White House is being challenged in a way that I don't think he ever dreamt of it. Even though he's still hitting hard on his base, but his base is depleting so fast that his numbers does not look very encouraging. A couple of uh, Republicans are now thinking or saying stuff about how to drop this guy because he's no longer valid to be able to win this election. So a whole lot is going down. America is facing a situation like never before. The COVID situation is totally fully back to a point that America is being seen as a pariah state by even smaller African countries, you know? So this is 
something to really look at. This is heading somewhere. I keep saying I will start a battle that I don't know the end, but I see America going to a battle. They don't have a clue how it's going to end. And uh, this battle is likely going to take a whole lot of people off the shelf because a battle that you don't have the dynamics in control could actually drift to any point. So a whole lot is going on because we can see the entire country now sitting on an on edge. We see people pulling up guns on each other. We see people parading long queue of a thousand people, all our men, black and white, all stepping up to the plate. It's exciting for me, it's interesting, and I love it to death because for once, we are stepping up to be who we are. You see, it is just the beginning, I bet you guys. By the time this is over, I can tell you that the black folks will not be the casualty. I can tell you one thing for sure. We have been down, we have been trampled upon to a worse point that we can only step up from there. You can't get worse than what we've gone through. So I love what America is going through. I keep saying one thing. It is just the way that America treats his black people that bear this country, bear the schools, bear the road that has made their third, three, four, five generations billionaires that own the entire Main Street. And still the same way they treat the black folks in America is the same way the whole world treats black people all over the world. I'm going to hit it hard on my African brothers, which I'm part of, of their insensitivity, of their lack of direction, and inability to step up and make up for the difference of our ancestors. Because at this point, anybody can go down. This is a fight that winning is the only option. So, uh, I thank you guys very well for coming on the show. I have my awesome partner, the Galaxy Chief, uh, Chief uh, Andre, who has been very, very passionate on this course we're talking about. This will not end without what we're doing today. And one thing I want to remind all of us, that care to listen has always been on the show, one thing I want to remind all of us that we need to make this our last fight. We cannot come back to deal with this situation again. Neither am I ready to pass it over to my young son who had no part in what is happening today in the, in the whole world. So it's very important. We take this fight for the importance that it is and go down. The, let us go down fighting or because there's nothing for this kind of life. This is of, is of no use. You can't even have a decent job or pay the same wage. You can't drive while black. You can't even watch a bed while black. What can you? What is your sense of the kind of life if we cannot even be ourselves? Why are they treating about us? So I'm excited to have you guys all on the show. Chief Andre, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, brother. It's thank always a pleasure much. to be here. And uh, the subject matter is fantastic, and it, it's a subject matter that needs to happen just about every week, and so that we can start getting more people to participate, not only from this side, but also from the whole land as well. So great subject. Looking forward to a great show. Welcome, my brother. We'll try and keep it going. I will thank you very much for providing this platform at such an affordable uh, value because uh, we would not be able to be able to do this without uh, this platform. And we thank everybody that's coming on the show, be it on uh, Facebook Live on, uh, or on, on T25CL.com. Please make, make yourself a, 
a, a consistent uh, participant and contribute so that we can all have different perspective about what's really happening. Uh, my co-host, how are you doing? Want to say hi to your friends all over the world, bro, baby sister? Yes, um, this is Devisha L. Johnson, AKA Adwa, for the purposes of these types of conversations. Um, I just wanted to say hello to everyone that is listening now, we're listening in the future. And I am super excited when I woke up this morning and someone sent me a post about what happened in Stone Mountain, Georgia yesterday with the black militia. I, I just felt, I just got off warm and fuzzy inside from the conversation we had last week when we were talking about um, people getting ready to teach their children how to shoot and the importance of the Second Amendment not being a Republican or Democrat thing, but a survival thing. I think we just spoke that into existence. And whoever planned that event, I was I was hooping and hollering over here at my house, like, yes, this is made my day. There they are. They have finally arrived. Now, what happens after that? And I know that's always the question that we have, what happens after that? But I really want to get engaged with these people because they're, uh, the message that they projected was, uh, I don't give a fuck. It was very clear so that you could comprehend in very short sentences and very profound language of this is what time it is. And the KKK being around five minutes from my house and not far from you, King Coco, right here in Stone Mountain is where their headquarters is. So they, they rolled up. They rolled up, locked, cocked, ready to rock and said, what you going to do? And there was nothing, there was do? no man in sight to say, this was the right. What you going to do? Be about it. You want to get froggy, then you need to jump. And that's, they were prepared for that. So I'm super right. excited about the movement like right now because I'm, I'm just ready. They, they're ready, so we need to be ready. Just like we talked about last week. Thank you, ma'am. You're always with the mindset of your brothers and sisters at all times. I love your vision because you saw this coming. I said on the last show that it's important that for parents to step up and get themselves the right equipment to protect themselves and their families. It's important for parents right. to step up and take their 10-year-old daughters to the shooting range because when this stuff right. happens, everybody's going to be down for the count. So the only dads are ready and prepared that could actually step up and do what they have to do. And I was so excited that even last week, apparently, while we were having that show, there was a similar situation happening in Louisiana where some ladies that were protesting the, the, for the city to drop a Confederate statues of the city block were confronted by armed white folks while they were demonstrating where we were going for the meeting and they were being intimidated by armed white folks. And what got out to the community that these guys are trying to intimidate these ladies from chasing the, the dropping of the statue or, or the Confederate statue. And what just happened the next day where you had the same meeting to continue, the black folks showed up more in number right there, all armed to the tit, ready to stop that kind of harassment. And the white folks right. never showed up. So we've been down for the can for too long and we're ready to just go down for this fight once and for all. Like I said, we're not going to transfer it to the next generation. Let's fight it out. And let's confront right. each other and let's get that respect. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I have a proverb in my place that says, if you don't try to sleep with your father's wife, your father would not know that you have a heart on at night. So you have to try to sleep with his wife. Ah. So you can let him have a, bring your wife home. You got what I'm saying? So, Double Chief, excited to have you on the show today, my brother. What do you get about this guy stepping out there well armed to the tit and showing them that we can, we can match what's going on? 
Can, can I get a little bit more information on what happened there in uh, Stone okay. Mountain, Georgia? Stone Mountain yesterday, while the, everybody else was trying to enjoy the celebrate their 4th of July, uh, whatever they call it, because it is no Independence Day, because we had an independence before that crap. I don't know what they're talking about on Independence Day, because everything is, is some assaulting right there. Everything is falling off the pedestal. A bunch of white black folks, they were, I saw the line. I'm going to share that message with you. Go on YouTube and put it, you're going to see Stone Mountain Black Amen Parade. There were over a thousand folks, not just guys, but ladies, fully armed, dressed yep. with all their beautiful rifles, parading the street of Stone Mountain, which is the heart of KKK, and nothing happened. Because. So that, let me let me interject because Tim Cowbell is not going to give it the excitement that I'm going to give it because I don't I don't know that, why but I that. think I just think let me deliver it better okay so this is what went down so there was over a thousand like King Coco said black men and women in full militia gear from head to toe combat boots all black everything they all had their rifles their AKs they whatever whatever it is that they were carrying. They were all strapped. They got in a line like you would see at the FOI. They rolled up on Main Street in Stone Mountain, Georgia, had a bullhorn. Some were on their knees, some were not, in straight formation and four lines and said, we are here to, we, it wasn't even a protest. We are rolling up on you on your holiday on July 4th at your house to tell you that if you said you're going to jump, we're going to jump too. This is for the threats that you made against black people that you were going to start shooting them on site. Well, we're here. So now what? We are calling you. We are at your house and we don't give a fuck was their exact words. That's what how direct and emphatic they were about they ain't playing. And this is what they, this is how they decide. It was a thousand black people strapped. No fighting, no loud talking. No, it was very organized, very militant. And I was super excited. To see it this morning. So, Chief, what the, uh, about the, that? Did the Klan did they hold a rally too? And the only thing I they were supposed to that that was that was the counter. They were supposed they were they weren't supposed to hold a rally, and they were the black people were just like this is what they said they were going to do. So we gonna come to their house and on their front door and say what now? Yeah, uh, because I did hear something. Uh, there was a uh, threat. And it came by way right. of the QEP Newton Gun Club that uh, white people across America were going to spend yesterday going out hunting black folks, and you right. know, and that's just something that just came through. I don't know if it that was, was a reality, reality or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there that was, was something. That was what they were talking about. It was the reaction to that comment. Uh, okay, made. all right. Which yeah. happened in Louisiana? With the same setup coming through as well, you know, within that same time, I guess I saw that on, uh, on social media too. Really? Yeah, For real? Yeah. I'll share that with you. Well, see, that just oh, goes look, to show you I that think, the plan. I think it's the beginning yeah. of our manifesting conversation from last week, about, and I don't yeah. even think we were realizing we were manifesting this action, but I think we were all pretty adamant about something needed to be done. Galaxy Chief, myself, and you, King Coco. And I think right, uh, right. we just spoke it into existence. I, I just goes to show you how much of a coward this Klan organization is. And they've always been cowards. Right. You know, 
and since they started up back in the 1800s, you know, because not one of them is ever going to come after one of you. They got to get a whole militia group of 30, 40, 50 of them just to come after one of you. So if you so bad, clan, just one of you, just come after any of us. And let's just see how bad you really, really are. But their strength is in their numbers and and in their ignorance as well, too, of all the stuff that they have propagated since 1865, since the emancipation of slavery. And is when they came into power to to keep that type of attitude alive and kicking until this very day. And it just goes to show you that the recent murders by the, the police across this country has opened up a black consciousness. And so that our people are awakening up. And so there was a degree of sleepiness in our communities, but now it's, it's just it's a, just a wrap right now. And, and we, we just coming into our own. And I'll be damned if we just gonna sit around and just let somebody come on our turf and just go right. on in there and take us out like that. So I understand. So that's cool. It just didn't hit the news out here at all. Bro, it's all over the social media, man. Thank everybody for being part of the show. You're on to one-on-one -on -one with King Coco. Uh, we're running on T25CL.com, currently streaming on Facebook Live. And we encourage everybody who's got uh, video access to be able to turn on this video if you want to be interactive. Uh, this week, a whole lot has happened politically. We'll come back to this militia story, you know, because it's really deep. A lot has happened politically, and uh, between us all, we can see that um, the sitting president is not looking very, very good. The poll numbers are, are dripping off his, his ass like crazy, and uh, apparently he is really, really getting rattled up. So the same week, we have Kanye West declared for presidency, which we all know why, because Kanye is about the only guy who still feels that, uh, that the president's got something to offer. And I have one of my wonderful personalities that has been part of the show from way back on today. Um, uh, my brother, uh, Chief uh, Professor, how are you doing today, man? Uh, King Coco, I'm doing great. Great show. Got the opportunity to uh, dial in uh, using the phone. Uh, the, the desktop is not here with me in Syracuse, so uh, the phone has been able to... <laughs> The phone has been able to uh, get me access to the show, and uh, uh, I'm grateful to be here. Well, I think I, let me just take, I'll come straight up to you right now because I always love your perspective as a very, very independent perspective when it comes to multiple of subject matters that I know you're very versed with. Uh, I want to really bring you up to speed on, on the fact that the, the poll numbers of the president is looking very, very bad, and uh, he is still doubling down because I've never seen a guy who doesn't choose his battle and feels he can win every battle. You must be, uh, you must be God, God sent to win every battle in this world. You have to choose a battle, that's what we all talk. But we confronted with a guy who does not choose his battle or even creates imaginary battles for himself. Today, his numbers are looking down. You see him pulling numbers together to spread, uh, spread COVID-19. He's still telling Americans that everything is under control. Uh, what do you make of this, of his potential success or survival in this race? Uh, it, it, it's very clear that um, we've got uh, about 40% of uh, the population uh, within his base. That's 40%, and we've got 60% uh, 
uh, out there that could um, uh, join a winning team. The real question is, will the 60% show up? And I would just want to take you a little bit back the memory lane. No one could have been uh, more popular than uh, the immediate past president, um, uh, Barack Obama. Uh, his uh, Secretary of State, Hillary, was on. And we all know now that a lot of us stayed at home. Uh, I don't subscribe to Hillary's politics or Clinton's politics, uh, but we stayed home. And that's what gave the ticket to the man we have today. Uh, so the question is really going to be, are we going to stay home or are we going to be out there? They are deploying a lot of tactics in terms of restrictions in uh, uh, registrations, in terms of ID card laws and all whatnot. Uh, I know that there are few good men out there, white folks, who believe that the field should be balanced. Um, if they stay home, can they do a little bit more to show up and put a thumb on the scale? Uh, we don't have an ideal candidate this year. Um, Joe is Joe, and I like him the way he is, but, uh, they said in our language, forgive me for the French, bad food is better than going home hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I'm very hopeful that the numbers don't lie. The 40, 41, 42 that he hovers around is not a lie. But the 60% majority got to show up on that day. And I'm glad that the Black Lives Matter movement also comes on with voters registration. Uh, that it's not just a blind march. I had said this a year or two ago, that when you protest, you got to also protest with your uh, 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 spoon, fork, and knife. Because after the protest, guess what? There is going to be a dinner. And if you don't have your utensils, you ain't going to be partaking. So protesting with voters registration tantamounts to spoon, fork, and knife. So once the dinner is served, you can just say, hey, give me a seat. I'm ready. Let me, you know? yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm ready. Brother, brother Coco, can I say this? Yeah. Yeah, come on, come on in, Chief. Come on, Chief. Brother, brother, brother Kosi, I, I agree with you, and it's good to see you back on the show again, my brother. We have definitely missed you on, on the show. And um, and keep in mind too that the last three Republican presidents did not win the popular vote. They got in by degrees right. of, of devilish trickologies, uh, uh, and, and that's how they got in, either by uh, Supreme Court or the Electoral College or some other degree of wickedry. And so, you know, they're not going to. And, and once again, let me preface what I'm saying. Um, I don't discourage anyone from voting by any means of imagination. But don't underestimate the wickedness that's inside the confines of these people. If, you know, because every American president is already predetermined. They already know who's going to be the next president. And he's going to get in there by any means necessary. And these people, no, no, you can't that sounds like, that sounds like Nigeria now. That sounds like Nigeria now. Well, who do you think taught Nigeria? 
you looking at the teachers of Nigeria. It's a long time ago. Somebody has uh, some Nigerian. Oh, man, how do you guys learn how to be such good scammers and dupers? They said, hey, we learn from the United States. <laughs> so, so this is the seat of wickedry is right here, brother. This is where it all came from is right here. But don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. No, do go out and vote all you want to. But if these people have someone who they want in, that's who it's going to be, period. Cool, man. The chief, I, I thank you very much for that for that position. I want to acknowledge the, the presence of a couple of my buddies on this line. I see I.B. from from calling, that is calling in from uh, Oakland, California, right close to you, the chief. I see my boy right there that is dialed in from Nigeria, uh, big uncle, my very favorite young young brother. And I see Henry that probably checked into from, from Port Harcourt in Nigeria. And I have my very close childhood friend, who is equally logged in from, from Houston, Texas, Mr. Bagasanga. So we have a very busy screen today, and I want to have your perspective as you go. And you guys are all on to one-on-one -on -one with King Coco. Uh, Ms. Johnson, over to you. What are you going to tell us today? So here, here's, I think, where we need to start with the continuation of the conversation from last week and what has happened this week and, you know, what we need to talk about as far as next steps. So I spoke to a really good friend of mine this morning that had a very interesting perspective on all of this, especially the black militia, because apparently he was supposed to be one of the people that were out there. So I asked him, you know, of this militia and the people that put this together, like, what is the plan moving forward? Like, who put this together? What do they plan on doing after that? And he was like, you know, occupation is what we really need to be thinking about. So what they should have done, instead of just coming up to the steps of Stone Mountain, is they should have occupied those streets and set up shop like the like the average military or the regular military does in the United States. Because according to the Constitution, you have the right to form your own militia. So they should have set up shop in Stone Mountain and said, "We're not leaving until these these demands are met. You need to do something about Stone Mountain, uh, whatever their demands were." It's the same thing that people did a couple of years ago. Um, in the city of Atlanta when Black Lives Matter started and they were shutting down tree and shutting down 285, occupying the highway. So we need to have a conversation about what occupation means. All these other wars that we have been in, we have occupied with boots on the ground and taking over. You can't really take over anything unless you have the numbers, unless you have bodies and you occupy a space. So whether that be a woman in a boardroom occupying a space of the feminine energy for that matter, or it be a, a thousand black militia occupying a street on some mountain. We have to have a plan moving forward if we're going to put people in place. Because at the end of the day, this was, in my opinion, the equivalent to another protest that was done by other people without guns, with there is no follow up to it after the fact. And if there is, I don't know what it is. So I think we need to have a bigger conversation about the message and then what comes after the fact, and from what Galaxy Chief says, hasn't even been on the news or media attention. So that's where our black media comes from. And we need to circulate this information using social media and making this go viral within our own self. And there should be somebody interviewing, some documentary being started, something should be happening to continue this conversation instead of it just being a footnote. Thank you, Pretty. I, I love that. Thank you very much. I'm sure we're going to look at that situation. Uh, I have one of my boys here, my, my dude that is that darling from Nigeria, big uncle. 
I want him to give us an idea of what the whole thing happening in America, how is it being, how is it, how is it reflecting, or what does the Africans, in this case Nigerians, say? What, what is the understanding of the whole situation? And uh, then we probably will uh, regenerate from there. Big Uncle, how you doing, my brother? Good to have you on. Hey, Chief K, thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate this. So, uh, awesome. Thank you for dialing in. Thank you for dialing in. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so, uh, Chief K, whether you like it or not, we are very much aware of what's going on in the world today. And uh, just like you said, we are really tired of what's been going on for the past 400 years. And it really concerns us. It really concerns this new breed of young people that are trying to understand the world. We are concerned and we are in support of any movement that's gonna cause or bring change to the norm because we want a new world and we want to be respected. We want to be, uh, to be, uh, To be treated like anybody else, am I right? Yeah, are you there, Big Uncle? Okay, Big Uncle has a probably that's the connection issue, which is very typical about the kind of connection we have in Nigeria. We're gonna to have to come back to you, Henry. Are you there with us today? You've been off and on. Are you on? I want to really get your perspective for coming in on the show. Uh, you, you're dialing in and dialing out. Uh, apparently, you. Uh, how are you? Henry, how are you doing? I lost that Henry again. Okay, uh, that's okay. Apparently, uh, Big Uncle, I'll come back to you because my take is that we created this platform so people in Africa could have an idea what their brothers are dealing with here. And equally, to the, let's communicate so you guys will only equally ask questions and get to understand what are the facts and fiction that's kept people of African descent apart? And a whole lot is happening within the last six weeks since George Floyd was knelt on, on by a white police officer. It was just a, a, a trigger point. You know, life takes you to a threshold that everything goes like, whoa, I wish it didn't happen. So, Henry, are you there? Henry. Oh, okay. I still don't have him. I'll put you on the sideline. So, Davishna, I'm very excited to have people like you coming on this discussion because we're going to have to really create that picture that has never been there. I, I'm, I'm a typical Nigerian. Even though I've lived over 20, 23 years of my life in America, off and on, I can tell you that the, 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 there is a responsibility right now that we have to awaken the Nigerian leadership and the African leadership in totality to step up because at the end of the day, the way they treat African-Americans in America is just the exact way they treat any black man anywhere in the world. And nobody knows where you damn fucking come from. As long as you're black, you just go and be treated like that. So we cannot just let and pretend that our children will come and deal with this. They were never part of this. Even though most of us were never part of what has transpired within the last 400 years, but it takes a man to step up and say, listen, enough is enough. I'd rather fight for my survival and my next gen generation 
or we end this right here. So I have an awesome perspective. Let me just ask Ivy. Ivy, your friend Trump is struggling like crazy. What do you think is going to happen to this guy, the way it's going? He's bleeding so badly. Abby, are you there? What the heck is going on? Abby's not there. Okay, uh, big uh, big uncle, your network is really bad. I can see a red sign on your screen. I didn't want to come to you. So, uh, Mr. Kosi, the way it is, COVID has come. You see, we're going to touch everything that's impacting the whole current situation. Everything started with COVID. That impression that snowball is an explosive protest, mother of all protests came because we're already locked down for a period of time and everybody was on edge already because of COVID-19. Today, our president had told us that COVID will disappear. It's just a fluke. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an issue that just popped up from China. It's going to disappear in another few weeks. And which is why I said the man creates his battles for himself. Because I want to tell you that a smart guy, which I thought he was, will choose battles. I'm not even going to the point of creating imaginary battles for himself. Like now convening young people to discuss based on racial basis, to be able to, to show up his base, and now spreading COVID-19 and mass, it's not helping him. <coughs> Where do you think this guy is going? Let's bear in mind that we all show up there, he has 40%, we have 52%, everybody shows up to vote. How can he change this trend? Because this trend, I think he's lost idea what to do, man. What do you think? Uh, King Coco, thank you very much. Um, the uh, the the population was already aware of who we had on hand from the very beginning. Maybe we were not very convinced. I think he has lived it now uh, in the last years, um, and um, it was a reflex reaction. You know, there was a black president uh, that performed above and beyond expectation. Um, had the credentials, uh, and therefore some people said, well, this was a fluke. Let's bring even a dog to, uh, to be our next president. And that's how we got this man. Uh, now, I think we have woken up in the morning. We have seen the reality of who we got in. Uh, the question still goes back down to, are we capable of writing a wrong? Or are we still going to go all the way? Four more years of this would be a pandemic. I can tell you that. Uh, so um, we, 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 we don't have a, a, a solution for the current COVID-19. And believe me, there is going to be no immunization for four more years if we make the mistake. Uh, so again, uh, I think the uh, the jury is still out. Uh, we are not there yet. Uh, but again, we've got Joe. That's the one thing we still have to remember. We've got Joe. We don't have uh, uh, Obama this time. Uh, we don't have uh, Clinton this time. We don't have all those sharp uh, individuals that could counter uh, a debate, counter this man in a debate. But we do have the electric power. We do have the movement. We do have all the disgrace. America has lost her respect in the world. 
starting from Russia to China uh, to other countries, the credibility uh, to Asian countries, the Khashoggi killing with no 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 response. Uh, other countries are changing constitutional, uh, making constitutional amendments to become last presidents, including Zimbabwe. I have heard this morning. Uh, so um, uh, it's uh, it's pathetic because the the symbol of governance. Uh, the check and balances of democratic power is non-existent. And so I think that uh, we, the, the pandemic COVID-19 may be a foreshadow of what could possibly happen uh, uh, or, uh, about four more years of this, uh, this man in the White House. Uh, no coherent foreign policy, no coherent foreign policy. Russia could, could look, just two weeks ago, uh, China killed some uh, 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 soldiers from India. Have you heard of that before in the Kashmir area? Because they know that nothing is going to happen. So uh, anyone who wanted to sleep with their stepmother might as well just go and sleep now. <laughs> oh, thank God, man. It's really drifting in a very, very bad direction. Galaxy Chief, we need to figure out where the world is going because right now everybody's on the boat with no sail, with no cane, with no paddle. We're just drifting in an ocean with so much turbulence going on. I'm very scared because, like I say, don't go into a bad seat. You can't have an idea how you go get out. And right now, we are in that battle, in a pandemic, in a mother of all protests, in a racial reaction that has never been seen in America, pre slavery, even. You know, I don't even know if something like that ever existed. And now we can see men stripping on the street with AK 47, with all dressed up to form their militia. This is in America. This is not in Sudan. This is not happening anywhere in, in, in Kosovo. It's happening right here. And I bet you it's just the beginning. Because if you notice this week alone, I've seen over 10 people pull guns on each other in broad daylight in America. You see a woman pulling a gun on a family. You see a guy pulling a gun on another guy. So I can tell you, we are just beginning. Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson, are you there? Sorry, I lost Miss Johnson. She just stepped up. Galaxy Chief, tell me where do you think this yes. is going to? Where do you think we're going? Well, brother, you know, we just got to control our own destiny, actually. And uh, like I said, like the show from last week, whereas we really want to start this hand across across the Atlantic and start formulating these relationships with our brothers and sisters from the homeland. As it's no telling, man, we may have to bounce on up out of here. And, and so we just don't want to come just knocking on somebody's door. We want to be welcomed to, to our home and where we came from. And so one of the things I, I would love for us to accomplish on this show today is to get uh, more input from the people of the homeland. And, you know, I've been there before on a couple of occasions, of course, but any people who are listening or on the call that have not been there, now is the show. This is the show. This is the platform for that type of education. And so that we can start reaching out and formulating these friendships, um, 
uh, also business relationships. And so we have to start at this level with the, with the healing and with education as well, too. And of course, some things have to be said what happened before, for sure. But now let's ask those questions and then let's move forward and let's just start building up relationships. And and like you said before, filling up the 747 and bringing our artists across the Atlantic. Let's do some shows. Let's build up economic development. Let's make some motion pictures. Let's do all of it. So that's where I'm going. And whatever uh, little stumbling blocks we may have in the way uh, with with our enemy, then we deal with that. But the, but the end result is to formulate this relationship between here and there, and let's build up our universal economy between America and Africa. Awesome, my brother. I, I feel very passionate about what you say, and I know that's obviously what we have to start building. And I'm very, very sure that with, with what we started, which is uh, with your collaboration and facilitation, we are heading somewhere. Uh, Davishna, I'm going to come back to my boy. He's got a very bad connection in Nigeria, and uh, I don't think we'll be able to have him right because you know, the notification is right on my screen. Ms. Johnson, we have been talking about uh, creating, we've been talking about creating the the, the uh, a momentum where we can actually start discussing with people in leadership, okay? And we've had this discussion uh, with our, we're still supposed to do a call today on a, on, on, on a person of interest, a high value person uh, from here. So we can actually continue that with my own contact I already told you about. Uh, but right now, looking at the situation that we're on now, you have an idea where America is going? Ms. Johnson, are you there? Oh, yes. Can you hear me? You have an idea where America is going the way it is right now? Uh, so here's my prediction, if I if I could put money on it and make some bets. I, I would say that in the next in the next calendar year after Trump wins this next presidency, because that's what I'm gonna predict is going to happen, that there's gonna be an influx of lost jobs murder, further destruction, more burning down stuff. And we're going to be in the same situation we are now, except for there's going to be people walking around with the disease that don't know they have it because most of my generation are the ones that are catching it. So it's not because people are out back on the street. The governmental structure that we currently have in place is going to be in a shambles. And people are going to start throwing each other under the bus. Not not black folks, but white folks in position of power are going to start heading for the hills and try to get whatever they can while they can get it because it's going to be a lot of unruly and pissed off black people when Trump wins again. And it's not going to be because Hillary won by a popular vote by over a million. So you can vote or registrate. You can do all of that. And people can turn out and vote. But the, the process, I think, is always going to be lacking because we're not providing our people with not just, this is why you should register to vote, but this is why you should learn what the system is. So when things do happen and the president we have now doesn't come for the popular vote, we can take steps that I believe we're starting to take now and trying to uh, use the federal laws and the system we have in place with the Supreme Court about changing some things, but that's gonna take a while. 
So the current state of America is a shithole country, to answer your question directly. The, the future of the next six to 12 to 18 months is going to be even more disastrous than it is now, which is why I and my family are heading over to Ghana in January, if possible. Mm. Because what I also predicted is when COVID-19 started and I left Ghana in the middle of March to come back to America, I said then, watch, it's going to be a reverse action and countries are not going to let Americans into their country because of what the president was doing now. And we're already seeing that happen. A lot of countries are having restrictions from anyone from the United States leaving. So I think black folks need to not only gather their guns, but pack their bags and figure out where they're going to go. Because if you don't stay in the hood at this point and you live around a bunch of white folks, your house might get burned down. Well, That's what I think uh, that, that, that prediction is scary pretty, but I think uh, you're just collaborating what, what Galaxy Chief was saying, that this guy, despite all that is happening, might win again. I just pray that uh, we don't have to deal with that. But on the flip side, I'll be happy we we'll deal with that. So I, a lot of my brothers could have the balls to get off this, this neighborhood and start navigating the waters of Africa, whether they know it or not. After when they brought their ancestors here, they knew nothing about this place. So going back to where you really belong, that's not really, you don't need to get tutored on anything. Just go back home, that's all. But be that as it may, we'll still push on, on our discussions to bring people of high value from my, where I come from and probably uh, any other African country to see that we are looking for a soft landing in Africa. The brothers are here with 2.3 trillion investment capital capacity, 50 million people, high value people that can build Africa, you know, are here looking for people to bring back their intellectual property bring back their investment into Africa, but the continent is so damn fucking doing no shit. And I'm going to call it the way it is because I know what it is. We can do much, much better. So I'm just still going to do the best I can to bring up these issues to prominence so that people in leadership positions will understand that they are failing the black race. I keep saying that the failure of Nigeria is the failure of black race. Because if the day Nigeria gets going, that's why they like hitting Nigeria so bad. The white folks know this because they've dealt with us. So when they find a, a small hush puppy doing a little fraud, we, they taught him, they'll blow it up all over the place so that they'll further intimidate black folks from going to Nigeria. Ghana don't have the capacity to hold the numbers and the lifestyle of black folks in this country. They all come from Nigeria. 65% of black folks in this country came out from Nigeria, straight up. And that's where they need to get back there and take whatever is there to develop that lousy country of mine, which has refused to step up. But we're not going to stop. I feel as bad as you guys. Are not, I've lived in this country for so long, and I understand the pain. Because even if you speak, and I want you guys to understand this, if you speak with an average Nigeria, his perception it's not going to be as deep as what I think or what I say, because they never went through it. They took out slavery of their history books. So some of them even have a clue of what it is. So consider that being a naivety situation of lack of education. But I'm not going to say same about some old criminals that are looting the country like mad, you know, flying private just I'm happy today. None of them can board those private jets to anywhere to hide and away from COVID. And COVID is really killing them. Levels are that level. 
which is pretty cool. So they're not going to have to look inwards to find out how they can improve the system. Because even though Nigeria has the lowest COVID-19 figures, both in terms of death or infection, Nigeria is one of the countries that has been banned with America from going to Europe. I know that's purely because of the fact that uh, they, they, they do the same racism shit. But with the flip start, they're helping us keep them in that country so who can survive will see the need to build his own community and build his hospitals, develop his children, and keep the investment in, in, in Nigeria. So it's going to be a whole different thing, but I'm just scared of your prediction. I have a brother that just checked in, uh, Mr. Gary Watt. Uh, I, wa I hope you pretty, uh, pretty uh, My brother, how are you doing? Welcome to the show today, Gary. He's not here. He's here. Oh, he's got a bad connection. His connection is really bad, too. Uh, and Sika, let me just come back to you, my brother. Prof, you have been in America for over 20 years. And uh, have you ever seen America at this situation before as an immigrant? This is, this is a very unique juncture. This is a very unique juncture uh, in the annals of history. And I can tell you that it's... Um, uh, a combination of everything coming together uh, at the same time. Uh, you just take the statistics. Go to faculties of engineering, you cannot see any black student on seat. Go to faculty of medicines, you can't see any black student. Maybe you are lucky to find one or two. Go to business schools. Uh, the um, structural blockades that has been put in place uh, to make sure that our children of some complexions are unable to climb the ladder to the very tippy top um, has come uh, before us. And uh, the young youths who were demonstrating in the last three weeks, two weeks, they voice it all. You go to employment houses, uh, these children cannot have a job, they don't have the qualification and it, it's made it, it's, it's made to be seen as if they are not as good as the next person, which is not true. Uh, so uh, it's high time the voices be heard, be recorded, that they want the same opportunity that is available to anyone who calls himself or herself an American. It's a very simple demand. And until that is done, I don't see a specter of peace. Uh, I think it is very clear that there is a student sitting next to you who believes he or she is better than you, and the fact cannot bear that out. And so uh, this is a national state of conscience. The real question is whether America is going to be able to do this honestly or whether we are going to throw the can down the road. And as one of the responders here on your program rightly say, if we have four more years of the same, we will still continue to have the burning of this on the street. We will still have continue to have destruction of property. We will still not be able to secure peace. You will not have go, even goods to govern. So I have never seen anything like this before in the 20 years that I have been here. Police being disarmed, police being forced to kneel, in 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 uh, 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 
just to show from where. So um, I think we've seen the wounds now. How to heal these wounds is really uh, what we have to figure out. And the man at the end of this ship is asleep. I can tell you that. This guy, is he asleep or is high on some cheap drugs? I think he's high on some cheap shit because if he's asleep, it would have been better. The next guy would do something. But this guy is fully in control of an airborne uh, 747 plane filled with the whole dream and expectation of the entire country flying at 31 feet high. And he's fucking not in control of the drifting plane. And you say he's sleeping? Nigga need to wake up and, and, and know that he's going to crash the whole system. Do they even really care cheap? Do they really care... Does this guy care if the system goes down? Does he care? No, he doesn't care. Matter of fact, oh, I was going to kind of pose the same question to, to you, brothers, from the home. And we do have somebody else waiting on here by the name of Shaida. Did, did you want to bring Shaida in first? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Give me that. Shaida, how are you doing? Pretty. Uh, sorry, I noticed that, but you could probably, I thought you probably come on the video, so I really know who I'm. I hope you've been following us. Uh, thank you very much for being part of the show today. We're really deep about what we're trying to do here to keep our handshake across the Atlantic at all times so we can really decipher facts from fiction and know where and how we can collaborate much better. So welcome to the show. Uh, what's your perspective about the America today? I know you live all your life here very likely. Uh, have you seen anything like this? And where do you think we're going? Uh, thank you for having me. Um, can you hear me okay? You're welcome, madam. I'm hearing you loud and clear. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm new to the show. I was invited by a friend, but um, listening to everything that you're saying and the sister, uh, Devisha Johnson, um, who chimed in, um, these are all relevant concerns and these are definitely what we need to be focusing on. I, I agree 100%. I also, being a person who has literally been focusing on how do we navigate through all of these educational triggers that we're faced with? Because there's education on both in Africa um, as well as on U.S. soil that creates these blockages in how we deal with each other, how we navigate through these these difficulties. Um, I was saying myself is you know some people are out for black people. And some people are out for themselves. And a lot of times we collapse um, our axiology or our goals with what we need to do for ourselves, thinking that ultimately this is going to be something that's going to work for all Black people. And we'll be wrong every single time because anything that Africans ever did that was great, we did it as a village. We are the original village people. And we need to really be able to make that distinction when we're connecting our efforts because you got a whole bunch of people working all over the world in their individual cliques in their individual groups but the one thing we've failed to do moving forward is to connect those things together in a manner that everybody continues to thrive and that we reach the same purpose so i i'm i'm on board i'm listening today to really see um how i can um be uh, more of a, an influence um, in implementing some systems that I've already worked out myself 
um, with um, research and with my own money um, to see how those will play into assisting people, uh, black people in their in their prospective neighborhoods. Awesome. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much, and you're welcome to the platform. And I wanted to make it a regular occurrence. We do this every 5 p.m. on Sundays. It's just once a week. And it's very important we start coming on board together with all the kind of programs we have that we've been trying to implement because uh, there's no single human being that has all the knowledge to get us going somewhere. I discussed with my co-host, Ms. Johnson, a lot on how we can create an integrated integrated uh, relationships across people that have been doing similar stuff in the same direction because like you said we're very good at running in silos not typical black folks even in africa everybody wants to do on their own at the end the marginal benefit is totally insignificant so uh we'll, of the show we will interact closely to share ideas and see how we can bring all of us to the same table we're still looking for people of ideas the resources will come we'll have the right plan on the table so that we can collectively drive a process that will create the kind of momentum that will become wealth to all of us and everyone who is involved is there will be time to make a lot of money from what we just started and i'm very positive about it but right now it's about defending your father's grave and uh, well, we all have to do that even if it cost us our lives and most of us are willing and ready to put that up so Ms. Devishna, so I thank you very much for being part of the show. Uh, you can raise your hand at any time to do, make a contribution or adjust information or request some clarification, which is why the handshake across the Atlantic was created. So we are all listening to one on one with King Coco Show, running on T25CL.com. It's a wonderful streaming platform that has a whole lot of content. Uh, we have a 24-7 radio program and seven shows that runs Monday to, to Sunday. It's the platform that brings a whole lot of information about what we're talking about. And uh, we encourage you to support uh, by downloading or probably uh, subscribing uh, on the platform so that we can keep doing what we do. So uh, I have another caller in here from 510593. How are you doing today? I am doing fine, thank you. You want to introduce yourself and then we could know how to follow up on that? My name is Gregory Harrison and I've been a regular on uh, portions of the shows. Awesome. So you're welcome. And I, I appreciate your dialing in. Please let us sustain this platform. It will be very exciting to have 100 brothers and sisters bringing their perspective to this because we can drive each other we can motivate each other which is what we don't have you know unless there's something on the table for a black guy we don't want to do it let's learn the other way and build something to a point that we can always have someone to take home so i appreciate you you're coming on the program today and i'm really really excited tell me a little bit where do you see america going say that again please where do you see america heading um well, I've been working on these programs with America for so many years, and I don't see the, I see little movements, but I don't see major movements yet. So oh I'm God. looking for changes as to um, what I see happening now and looking to see them actually following through to somewhere. 
Okay, uh, coming from this end, what would you want to see the African continent, the leadership in Africa do to make a momentum for our brothers in diaspora to be energized, to be able to say, okay, let us diversify. Because for your honor, let me even share this with you. Uh, in United Nations SDG goal number 17, this is one thing a lot of us don't know. Goal number 17 is called Global Partnership. That goal was put in the United Nations uh, Sustainable Development Goals by the late United Nations Secretary Kofi Annan because he had thought of how can he push diaspora, which is mostly Africans, to repatriate their investment, intellectual property, under a protected status back to Africa. So this is a, a platform This is a, we can really exploit to go back under protected uh, status to be able to take repatriate Afghan's investment and possibly relocate to Africa. Because I will tell you one thing, with all the bad things they say about Nigeria, and just see one of the best places for any black man to live and make a living and bring up children. Because in the country that has values, you are just not be lucky to have the real leadership. But with what is happening with the level of awareness, technology implication on how people see themselves being managed, led, and ruled, that is going to happen. It's a global situation that Nigeria will not be left out because it's going to get to a time that the whole street is going to be shut down and they will be tired of killing people till they run away and leave it for people that have the right consciousness of Afrocentrism to run the country. So, but that having been said, what do you think the leadership in Africa can do to encourage our more collaboration, sir? Can I ask, can I ask regarding that? I want to ask it to you and Brother Okosi. Okay. Chief Okosi, yes. are you there? Yes, okay. of course. Yes. Okay. I, have, I have a question for, for both of you guys because it is with regarding to the question asked earlier about Trump watching this country um, uh, tumble down to nothing. Can the president of Nigeria, Nigeria is not a poor country. Nigeria has plenty of a good has some of the best oil in the world. Nigeria has plenty of money, but Nigeria does not reinvest into their people, into their country. Can the president of Nigeria, him and however it works there, at the cabinet, however they have to do it, can they say upon themselves with this oil revenue, why don't we build up Lagos? Let's remove the extreme poverty out of Lagos. Let's bring in uh, someone to build solar farms so that we don't have the rolling blackouts in Lagos. Let's bring um, a company in that can you right there on the ocean, you have good water, pump the water in, build desalinization plants, improve the infrastructure, dig up those old pipes, have, now have some fresh water, use the oil revenues to put people to work, 
build up your agriculture, improve your infrastructure, and with all that sun, with the 80 and 90 degree temperatures, why not build solar farms to produce energy so that you don't have these blackouts and you have the money to do it if you don't have the money to do it, you have Saudi Arabia sitting over there with plenty of money. You have Qatar. You have Kuwait. You, Libya has money. Why not bring in and do the necessary basic things to put millions of people to work and to build up an economy? So my question is, can the president of Nigeria, does the president of Nigeria have the power to do this? Uh, I, I want to chip in very quickly and allow King Koko to come uh, after the few comments that I, I would like to make to answer those questions. I want to call two names, Hu Jintao and Xi, President Xi. Those are the last two presidents of China, indigenous, build the economy parallel to America, threatening American economy. You gotta do it yourself. No one can do it for you. Can, when we re-elected President Buhari in his second coming, I quoted the verses of the Bible. And that verse says that you cannot put a new wine in an old skin. It's not my word. This man, had power previously and came in a second coming and we've seen the results. There were celebrations in Lagos, Abuja, Sokoto, and yet four years after we are where we are. My own advocacy from day one, King Coco knows it, is economic power. I have said we've got a couple of various types of power Spiritual power, which we've seen how pastors become millionaires, if not billionaires. We've got the other one, political powers. We've seen how politicians build mansions. But we also have economic power, which is uh, there for you to grab. When we started this show, at least when I joined it, I advocated for small business entrepreneurship to create economic strength and independence. Only one person from this platform registered, and I think they don't regret having registered. I don't want to mention names. I got seven other individuals who are African-Americans, all of them. If you remember, if we recall in the show what I said, I said, if you have not taken an African-American person to a dinner, you have not done enough. If you have not hired an African-American person to sit and do work for you, or you do work for him or her, you have not done enough. For, from the work we have done in the last one year or two, I've got seven African-Americans that I have opened up small business enterprise for, and they just benefited from this PPP, 20,000 here, 30,000 there. They are calling me every day. That is the kind of relationship we want to build here so that when you tell them, buy a ticket, we are going back to the homeland, they can run and jump and join. But if we want to wait for a working day, a Buhari, a Babangida or in a Shonekong, we ain't gonna be having that. So I wanna give you an answer and say, maybe the trickle down economics may not work in Nigeria. Maybe we gotta do this from the bottom up. 
Thank you. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. we really yeah, down, yeah. Let me let, triple up. Let, let me chip in there. You know, it, uh, right. Uh, uh, is hundred percent on point. We have a wrong guy on the saddle right now. Just like, as a matter of fact, Obama was instrumental to the emergence of who we have today as the Nigerian yes. president. Okay, yes. uh, because it's very good for us to understand history because. There's a proverb that says that uh, my friend Tangdato, a child that forgets his history, is bound to repeat the mistake. Okay. Exactly. Nigeria is a creation of racism. Of all the worst racism that was done to a country, Nigeria is where the white folk, because they saw the wealth in Nigeria. They saw the wealth in the southern part of Nigeria, the knowledge, the innovation, innovation, innovative capacity, you know, their creativity was all seen by the British Empire that colonized Nigeria. And when they tried to, when they discovered oil in Nigeria, they tried to sit on the oil. And now all they did was to bring a very strange bedfellow and men that was dominated by the northern houses or Muslim to merge into Nigeria. They were people that were feudal, easy to manipulate because they all looked up to their emirs and they all believed in the religion. And so they used the northern Nigeria to distort the progress of that country. And these are the same people that drove these same Northern Nigerians that were mostly Muslims into the military because they were they were not very, they are not very smart as a people I can say that so what the British told the Northern Nigeria was that you guys go take over the military because the entire continent was managed by militaries so for thirty years these guys produced. 85% of the president, military president of that country. Okay? I want you guys to understand what it is. So now they took over the military and now formulated every law in Nigeria that was just exactly what's happening here. That is disadvantaged to the South. You understand? By the help of the British uh, masters who saw the South to be too vocal, too liberated. They did not have one king running a, uh, ruling a whole en enclave. So that has now impacted on the kind of leadership Nigeria has. And the brothers that were taken out as an ancestor that became the major population of this part of the world were not from the north, they were from the south. So their direct relationship with African-Americans it's not the same relationship I have with African-Americans by nature and by blood lineage, okay? So they just, they they rather go to Saudi, go to Dubai. You hardly see, if you count 10 Nigerians, if you count 1,000 Nigerians in America, probably one or two are Northern Nigerians. So I want you guys to understand some of this stuff. This stuff you cannot see from a distance, okay? So now we are fighting against the type to reverse what the military did in 30 years okay so that having been said i believe that it is the component parts 
in Nigeria, which are the states that will liberate that country by having a visionary leader or governor where the decision process is very easy. If he says, I want to build me a solar farm, all he needs is to call the company and build a solar farm. If he says, I want African-Americans to have a community in my states, it is like a, 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 like a, a federation like we do here. It's a very similar yeah. structure we run. So if he says, I'm a governor of the state, I want my House of Assembly or my legislature to pass a bill, which is something I am fully on board. I know that we're working that to pass a bill to provide a program to repatriate people of African descent anywhere in the world. And all it takes is his pen to sign it. If you take that same subject matter to the federal government for 10 years, you won't have any headway. Okay? Because their level of commitment to the cause is different. Their primary allegiance, they see America as the big Satan. Go and Google big Satan in any Google page and you see what's going to pop up. They call America the big Satan. So their attachment is different from what ours is. Am, am, I, am I making some sense here, Chief? Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. So the hope of this movement we're talking about, and I am very close to the next generation of governors that will make this happen. Okay, and it's just maximum of another 24 months. We're going to have a battle change at all levels of Nigeria. Luckily, we're going to have a person that sees the same picture that we're seeing, and that situation will can be can be can be pushed at a very fast pace. But Nigeria on its own can only be liberated by the component parts stepping up, doing the right thing, investing in the right places, and the other components are going to have to compete. And by so doing, the entire system will gradually evolve. Are you saying that the independent states in Nigeria, let's just say Badagri, does Badagri, Badagri is not a state, Lagos, the Lagos. Okay, state, Lagos state, Badagri is a village, okay, a little township. Right. Okay. Right. Do they have the power to set up a diaspora economic development community uh, to acres that will be the home place for us to live work whatever and to set up a designated place as a diaspora enterprise zone and who has the power to make that decision does the state governor who is like a legal state governor can do that and that is the only way this can be implemented. Because if you want to catch up the entire whole together, it's going to drive a whole different interest in whole different directions that you will not move at the pace you want. And there, can be, and there can be a lobby group, you know. Even the Israelis have a lobby group here in Washington oh, yeah, to advocate for what they want. So we can have yeah. a lobby group uh, to advocate state by state for a settlement or a resettlement community. And once one state sees that big dollar has landed in this resettlement zone, we are producing solar panel and selling it to the enclave. We are manufacturing equipment and parts and selling it to the state. Everyone who comes in lands, who lands from diaspora into the new resettlement 
is an entrepreneur. He's entrepreneur has entrepreneurial spirit. He's not going there for vacation. He's going there to create a job, to create wealth, and to take what is rightfully their own. That is the kind of advocacy that has to start from here. Become an entrepreneur here. Have your employees here before you think of being able to uproot that and root it somewhere else. I think that is what we can have a focus group to advocate and start implementation, at least in the next 24 months. If we don't do it, then who is going to do it? Can we say we are too small to do that? Two or three gathered, there is the spirit of the Lord. Yeah, I think that Badagri would be a, a, a target location, a great target location. Yes, uh, so... Which means, uh, which means that it's not very possible until you can get people to trust where the money's going to. And right now we've got uh, empires that are still controlling everything. So how do, how do we establish uh, that we are not being controlled by the same empire that is allowing us to get from point A to point B and then stop at point B? Uh, there, are check, there are checkpoints, uh, Kinkoko, I'm sorry. There are checkpoints inherent in this system. Uh, but as long as, how did the Chinese do? The Chinese decided to congregate among themselves. All the money is in uh, uh, Chinatown. Uh, when a Chinese uh, enclave buys up a supermarket, <laughs> do you know where the money comes from? Yeah, it's one person who comes up and says, I want to buy the supermarket, but you don't know whether the money is coming from uh, people's uh, 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 party of China. Uh, so we as a people must have a vision, and that vision would be to resettle and redevelop uh, entrepreneurial entities from state to state to state. We cannot do it all at once in the entire country because we don't have the willpower right. or the political power, so to speak. Yeah. But we, we can take a small. case study uh, of yeah. one state, yeah. send a lobby group, get the sympathy of the governor there, and show that, yes, there is a distinction between someone who just flew in from Atlanta and he is coming to open up a solar panel and produce it inherently here and generate the cash flow from here. Right, so right. we ought to do that because we, I always say if we wait for the central government to do stuff, the bureaucracy is too much. It's right. like a train. It takes a long time to slow it down. Yeah. So yeah. we ought to be able to start brainstorming as we discuss the political situation. Also start thinking about the economic wing, economic arm of the 101 uh, uh, Galaxy Radio. We need to do that. And I think we already have started it in one form or the other. King Coco himself is aware. What can we do to spur up economic strength of uh, the coalition of the willing and run a test project somewhere home and see I, if it succeeds I or not? Agree. I agree. I think you need to well, unmute the vision, uh, uh, Coco. She's been waiting. Oh, vision, are you here? Oh, my sister, have you been with us? How are you doing, Divishna? Yeah, I've been here. I've been listening. Uh, Let's, I get have a, I have... Let's get your perspective, sister. Let's get your perspective. So, so he, I think he's 100% correct in everything that he just said. I think um, I'm already doing exactly what he just said with the Ghana Investment Tour. 
I didn't go into Ghana to say I wanted to take over and do a hundred million dollar project. I said I was going to take 10 black folks over to Ghana to invest in small business. I coordinated with some people. I, I'm in politics, so I have no choice but to liaise with the politicians that I know on the ground um, in Ghana. But I use that to my advantage because now I have relationships with processes that are currently in place. So if you want to go repatriate to any country, you got to get citizenship. You have to get a bank account. Like there's just little things that are um, difficult for African-Americans to do when they repatriate. So you have to know the system. And I've been saying that from day one, you have to know any system and fully understand it in order to change it or make it better for yourself or your people. So I did that with the Ghana Investment Tour and taking people over there to invest in small business. I think the Georgia Africa Connection Week event that I had in, um, in Atlanta in February is the extension of that. And it basically brought Africans here to, and Africans that are already here in the United States to Georgia to talk about those intergovernmental relationships, but not from the executive branch, but from the legislative branch. So there's the ambassador, the Ghanaian ambassador came, um, the council general of Senegal, the council general of Barbados, uh, King Coco and I are having a conversation about the governor and the senator of a state in Nigeria. So I think the possibility is there because I'm just one person. So if I can walk my behind into a member of parliament's office, several of them in Ghana and have conversations about a strategic plan for education and policy in regards to hemp, because I know that they have hemp legislation that they're drafting. I'm taking a political approach to a lot of different things, but it's not from an executive level. It's from understanding the game. And the game is, is that black people in general do want what they want for themselves. Now, are you supposed to do that as a politician? No. Is it what they do? Yes. So I need us to be realistic in who we're dealing with. And yes, the government is not the way to go in dealing with African countries because bureaucracy is ridiculous. But there is some advantages of knowing people in certain places of getting things done. Because the Chinese don't come over there and go through the process and just go do what they're supposed to do. I think black folks to stop stop trying to be so PC all the time and go get your hustle on. We've been hustling each other for long enough. So there is no reason why we can't use those same systems that all these other countries use to hustle us to make it better for ourselves. We can go get some money. We can engage the diaspora and have people have not only a better understanding of how to do business in, in African countries, but just a collaboration of we need, we all we got. So we need to help each other. If you're a black person coming from Chicago, California, or Georgia, and you're going to Nigeria, all of those three experiences should be the same. It shouldn't be we treat this person, and that's the way we do here in the US. You'll be in the South in Georgia, and somebody doesn't like you because you have a New York accent. And they automatically think that you're arrogant and that you're rude because this is the way you speak. It happens here. It happens with the northern and southern Nigerians. It happens with the Ashanti region and the eastern region in Ghana. It happens all over the place. I need black people right now to understand what the realities of your current situation are. Adapt yourself in order to better help your people. And that has to start with a mindset of not going to Africa to go on vacation, not taking our American mindset to Africa and trying to take over, but to collaborate with those on the ground. Because at the end of the day, I think the other gentleman said it, and I said say it all the time. Small business and entrepreneurship is the foundation to build a middle class, which is going to allow you to build any infrastructure for any country. It's the same way we did it in the U.S. They do it everywhere else. 
And if you don't pay attention to small business, just like we are experiencing now with COVID-19, your economy is going to crash because you don't have enough people that are creating jobs. And that's what we need to be doing in Nigeria. And the government ain't giving up. When I went to Africa, there was no handouts. Ain't no mortgages. There's no loans. I mean, there are, but it's not a debt-ridden society like we have in America. So cash wins everything. So we need to get some capital together in order to take not a busload of celebrities. Like I said last week, not a busload of celebrities or highly profiled affluent African-Americans to Ghana or Nigeria and show them all the fun stuff. We need to take some basic middle-class entrepreneurs here in America that can use their U.S. dollar, dollar, turn it into Naira or turn it into CDs and go build some stuff in Africa. That's my point. I agree. I agree. Awesome. Uh, my my, my co-host, uh, you know, that's why I've always appreciated your perspective because of your deep knowledge of, of Africa and how to encroach into Africa. Sometimes, you know, it's always uh, better to stand from outside and look inward because you're going to see my back better than I see my back. So, uh, Chief, we are going to, after the show, uh, set up some basic collaborative. Uh, let us identify a few of us that will be able to start the discussion. Me and uh, Johnson has already been doing it so that uh, we can uh, now equally set up uh, the, the the possible, uh, what do you call it, Zika, or the, the team to be able to start talking to Nigerians, even here, uh, well, they're like the, uh, what do you call it again? Yeah. Resettlement, yeah, economic resettlement uh, team. Oh, yeah. Economic resettlement you know, like, We have, I have the relationships in Nigeria to be had. I need us over here to have a team that will show up and needs the audience. And I know my people, once they see how serious their people is here, because they know that there's no American that's going to come there to beg them for food, first of all. Those will come later on. We will take the, the other people later on. But they want, because the mindset about whoever is coming from America is somebody who will be able to establish himself. And you don't need to prove anything beyond that. You just have to go with that notion. Yeah, we're coming here to help you guys because we support yeah. the development of the okay? And then from there, and then we will be able to ensure that all those negative information you have, right or wrong, does not impact on the movement or does not impact on the opportunity because we understand the dynamics on ground. So we're going to have to step in that direction as well. We're going to not approach it with only one, one thinking. We're going to approach it with multiple facets based on priorities that we think will impact the situation much better. So I thank everybody. We are just barely four minutes away from the end of the show. And you had uh, I think Jahida, I think, wanted to say a few things. She's had her hand up. Right. Quite right. Oh, sorry, man. Okay, Shada, can, yeah. can everybody take a turn and say something? Shada, we're waiting for you, ma'am. She's muted. You, you got to unmute her. Oh, okay. Sorry, bro. All right. So, sister, we're hearing from you, Shada. Oh, thank you. Um, there was something that uh, Sister Johnson said um, that I, I wanted to reiterate is that um, we do need to get our hustle on. And a lot of black people, specifically in America, have been completely traumatized by trying to do anything on a hustle level because right. we, get, we get locked up for, for, for stuff and, and we lose everything. Um, there's a system here. So the thing about it is, is 
we have always been able to do things under the radar. Right. As long as it stays under the radar. I mean, Tulsa and Black Wall Street got blown up because they knew about it. Right. The longer we can keep things quiet and they need to be handled in an old school way. That's what I was speaking about earlier when I was saying there's a lot of educational triggers on both sides that make it difficult for us to just get our old school hustle on. Right. A lot of these things not cannot be discussed on social media specifically. This is a wonderful place because I've been able to meet people right now that are dead on with what I need to move some of these things that I have forward. But there's also people on here, I don't know who they are, so I wouldn't share certain things because I don't want to get shut down. Black people in America and abroad need a win. We need to win. We do not have the resources and mad kings and queens to just keep faring, um, dying and losing these resources and things that we build up because people scared to hustle. People are worried about are all the I's died and T's crossed. Yo, that's the system. We will not be successful in a system that is designed to destroy us or to rule us. So we have to, to take risks. And I'm trying to we reach out to we are conditioned to, to defeat ourselves. I got it. I got that. When I say I totally got the conditioning, I didn't even realize. I'm 52 this year. I didn't even realize when I was growing up that what I was learning at home, being homeschooled, nobody else knew. The only psychiatrist allowed in our house was Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. So, I mean, the ballot and the bullet was, was Bisquick pancakes and on Sunday and listen to Malcolm speak. That for me was normal. It was normal to read the destruction, the destruction of black civilization in the fourth grade. That was normal for me. So when I walked out into my community and nobody knew that Martin Luther King actually didn't get killed at the hotel, that he was actually smothered in the hospital. I didn't understand why nobody understood that. And I became the anomaly. So that math, that a lot of pe woke people or people that are understanding now that we have been bamboozled, it's very difficult for people doing damage control in their own mind to be able to facilitate in a critical time. Right now, we need you to put your money right here. Right now, we need you to move over here. It's very difficult for people who are just learning that they only know white math. I got the blessing of learning black math before I went to school. So I don't have that difficulty, but my difficulty is being able to navigate through all the triggers that people are faced with, with trust and in our community. So Sister Devisha. And, um, and that's where the, that's where, that's where the development, that's where the development is, has been missing from us for so many years. And one of the ways to get some of that back is to really study the things that we're learning right now from Trump. I mean, uh, Trump has actually been taught all of his life how to manipulate people and how to develop exactly. untruth. Well, black people are so learning. Can manipulate truth. 
we're not learning that. Like that's not something, that's not new information to us. We have been living the lies of this country. We have been living, physically functioning in the lie. So we know exactly, exactly. what it is. We are clear on what it is. What we're not clear on often is how do we move? I got an idea. I have something that can work for us right now. I need to be connected with the people who have the funding, who aren't afraid to do something without eyes dotted and T's crossed. That's not something we exactly. discuss on the media. I, I, I shout out to King Coco uh, for, for, for what he did uh, for me last night and this morning without having T crossed, without having eyes dotted. That is the spirit, my brother. That yes, is sir. the spirit. But it all started from this platform and until we have people like you who can wake up by 11 p.m. and freaking send their John Hancock to say, let that company move. Let that company start. We ain't going nowhere. So thank you. But there's, there's the basic foundation. If you do things like you listen to actually what Trump has been telling us for years and that uh, it doesn't matter whether you tell lies or truths. The fact that people hear you will determine what they're going to do. So okay. he keeps talking. He keeps lying. But at the time that he's lying, he's occupying time. And he distracts you from any truth that he might have given himself time to present. But instead, he gives himself time to, to channel it elsewhere. Awesome, he's not guys. working uh, alone. He's not working yes. by himself. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Donald Trump is not doing anything uh, alone. Miss Johnson, Johnson the guy in the two-minute Yeah, so in closing, I just want to thank everyone that's come on the show today. Um, I really like uh, the conversation and the different perspectives. Uh, I will say that, like I said before and a couple of shows ago, America right now is not a good investment. So if we're talking about black people in general and making sure that we have an opportunity to create some generational wealth, we not only need to get our hustle on, but we need to get our hustle on with them same U.S. dollars that have been uh, not been afforded to us through land, through uh, financial means and all this. And just talk about we're having about reparations. And right now during COVID-19, I think it's not only the universe providing for the shift that needed to happen in the first place, but also for the U.S. government to realize that they don't have their shit together. So you had uh, the whole country shut down for a week or a month, and now you ain't got no more money. The SBA ran out of money three different times. But you're going to tell me, the individual taxpayer, that I need six-month rainy day fund. Now, that to me is just not logical. If the entire country has trillions of dollars and you don't got a rainy day fund and I'm over here on, min on a minimum wage job that you shut down because of COVID-19 and you telling me to have a rainy day fund, what is my rainy day fund paying for? So I think we need to uh, be aware of what the message is, who the messenger is right now and take anything that the U.S. government has to give, whether it be, like I said last year, whether it be unemployment, whether it be PPP money, whether it be PUA money, whether it be SBA grants, whether it be SBA, SBA loan, I want it all and I want it now. And I'm going to use those funds not to re-inject into the economy that was not built for me and don't care about me anyway, but to reinvest it in 
people that have a like mindset to go over there to Mother Africa and help exactly. develop the countries exactly. over there. Yeah. And we can make enough money. And, and you've learned, you've learned what exactly what they want you to learn. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that uh, that back in 1910 to 1920, that there was a little bit of black wealth, but it wasn't passed on because we didn't have access to the legal system. Awesome. So the money awesome. just disappeared. Awesome. Uh, we have gone five minutes past our schedule time, and I thank everybody very much for being part of the show. Uh, we will bring in technology to complement what we're trying to do. Uh, I'll work with uh, my, my co-host to see how we can establish to provide a platform for us to interact securely without the need to run in on social media because there are those tools out there. And we actually request that we bring in players from this end. I will bring in anybody that we think is relevant to facilitate what we're doing on the other end. That's my hood. Leave it for me. I'll do that part. Let you, we go work together here to develop that platform so we can start discussing and we can praise, uh, feel safe to share ideas and information without fear of being abused or, or being a retribution to that. So I thank everybody for being part of this show. It's been a very, very interesting hey, Coco, show. Before, before you go, I'm going to be doing a, a, a training session at 4 o'clock with the uh, Galaxy Talk host, uh, Dr. Kwe Koo, and his co-host as well. You and uh, Devisha are more than welcome to join that session as well. It's just going over setting up shows and, and things that we have to do across the board and uh, and setting up our shows. So you guys are more than welcome. This starts in about 20 minutes. Okay. Oh, cool. Uh, okay, we'll try and be part of it. Let me just send me some invitation. Uh, uh, Justin, please, let's try and share in that. I will build something out of this and uh, continue. So thank you, everybody, uh, on one on one King Coco Show. Uh, I'm very excited to have you guys today. Please try to always dial in. Let's keep sharing ideas. And I know that we can make mountains out of a bowl. Thank you very much and have a wonderful evening. Thank you, brother. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. Yes, sir. <laughs>